We have keys to victory for the Celebration Bowl. Take a deeper look at Travis Hunter's decision to join Jackson State. And of course, we wrap it up with today's Feature Friday. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, I am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to us by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA for a special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And we're going to be talking about the Celebration Bowl. We've been going every day this week leading up into it, and now the day has come for us to really have somewhat of a culmination. We talked about North Carolina A&T leaving. We've talked about the recruiting impact in Georgia, ironically, Travis Hunter is from the Georgia area, you know. Obviously, this game playing here didn't impact him, but I just think it's kind of ironic that the big-time flip happens right after we're talking about impacting Georgia. We've gone through matchups, and now we're going to be discussing. Or we also talked about Terry Bowden's key to knocking off uh, Jackson State. We've talked about all of these things, and now it's time to put these two teams together, put them against each other one more time. Last time we did the matchups, now we're doing the keys to victory, one on offense and one on defense for both South South Carolina State and Jackson State. And it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun because we already have the matchups that we're looking for, whether that is, you know, and I'm not going to spoil anything because these are things that come back into play. Go check out yesterday's episode of Locked on HBCU, and we will touch on that heavily, right? But let's go ahead and hop into it. Let's stop doing the whole exposition. Let's hop into the real storyline, right? The plot. And let's start off with South Carolina State. Corey Fields Jr. must rise to the occasion and protect the ball. It's that simple. Those are his two objectives for the day. Offensively, the quarterback, Corey Fields, must rise to the occasion and protect the football. These are things we talked about yesterday, things we talked about the day before. Defense. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this is that when you're going through the story of a game Monday through Friday and you finally reach this, this is the pinnacle, the the culmination, as much as we can, right? Because we're going to talk about the game starting next week. But when you're doing this, you start seeing how the story is crafted and you start looking at the game plan. And it's not, well, you got to do 10, 12, 15 things. It's, oh, well, when you look at it, it comes down to these similar things and the story continued to get crafted hey they got to protect the football that's what we did protect the football oh well south carolina state has kind of a turnover problem at least interception wise now we're sitting here we're talking about keys to victory protect the ball rise to the occasion so jackson state is going to put pressure on you and i don't just mean the literal pressure they are going to put literal pressure on you because they have the most sacks in the nation but when i say they're going to put pressure on you What I mean is the mental pressure of, I have to get this out. 
that defense is ferocious. So you're going to feel like I have to do this. I have to do that. And you know what? You're not tripping. And, and it's not in your head. You do have to do this and you do have to do that. But you got to make sure when you're doing this and that, you're not giving the ball up. Because giving the ball up to Jackson State is kind of a death sentence, okay? And you can look at what happened against Prairie View and say they didn't capitalize. But I would not look at Jackson State failing to capitalize off of turnovers and feel like you can do it. If you're a defense, yes, look at the things that they did to neutralize the offense. That works. That's why you would look at that film. But offensively, just don't do it. Just don't turn the ball over and put your defense in a, in a situation where they might not be able to do it. It's that simple. And then also, make them plays, man. They're not going to give you chance after chance after chance. So when the opportunity is there, you have to make it happen. Then, which defense is going to show up for South Carolina State? That's a real question. The defensive performance is going to be huge because they already said, if we, Jackson already said, if we can score 21 points, I think we're going to win in every game. And so far, they're allowing 28 points a game, South Carolina State is. You drop it to 24 if you're looking at the FCS, and 24 points is still a, a tough sale because Jackson State's allowing 14. So it's kind of like if you both allow your averages of the year, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be good. And there's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation when you're talking about this Bulldog defense because on one week they're stifling the Norfolk State offense, which is one of the best in the MEAC, to only 21 points. But 21 points is still a good amount, right? You said you could win. However, Norfolk. Norfolk had has scored more than that in every other game they played against an FCS opponent. So you have you have South Carolina State knocking off, or not well, they knocked them off, they won, but then they also kind of knocking them off their path of being this high flying, high scoring offense. But then on the other weeks, you look at who they're playing in the SWAC, and it's you're giving up 30 to everybody. You gave up 30 points to FAMU, 35 to Bethune Cookman, 42 to Alabama AM. And I think a key to not doing that is going to be Kobe Durant because he's a guy who he has the mindset of, I have to go knock this off. I have to go knock off this, this opponent. I have to go win this matchup for my team. This is something that he said. I'm just going to play fearless every play, every snap, and try to dominate. I like that mindset. I don't worry about him in big games because I've seen what he did against Clemson. I've seen what he did against Alabama A&M last year in the spring getting three interceptions. I saw that. He said he likes to play in big game. The stage is bright, but you can't let the bright side of it get to you. Just go in and play ball. I like the way this guy thinks. And shutting down Keith Corbin is going to be a key to victory. Now you look at Jackson State. Offensive, you got to run it often and run it well. That offense struggled last week or two weeks ago against PV in the SWAC championship game. Shadir Sanders had his worst game of the year with his worst metrics as far as touchdowns go. Completion percentage by far. He's a very accurate quarterback, but that day he wasn't. And then yardage was a, a far dip. It was a valley. So, and I want to be clear, I don't think that's happening again. I do not see that happening again in this game, that he struggles on that level. However, when it was struggling, the running game was keeping you afloat. And it's something that they don't do often. Peyton Pickett, Sante Marshall, they've shown you that they can keep the offense chugging. The only two touchdown drives were product of big-time runs along the drive by Pickett and Marshall. Pickett had a couple of runs on that on another drive that resulted in a goal-line interception. So when I say run it often, it's not because I think Shadir Sanders is going to have another bad game. That's not why that is at all. It's just that you should run the ball. They're not mutually exclusive. Jackson State has a huge problem 
with the often part. But Marshall and Pickett have had huge success, at least in the last game, with running it well. I'd much rather have to fix running it often than having to run it well. And that's what Jackson State is right now. You don't need to struggle to run the ball, man. You do not need to struggle offensively to run the ball. And I think it would behoove Jackson State to really remember that and understand that they don't have to do that. And then defensively, win the trenches. Because losing the trenches means that they're running all over you. Keontae Hampton, James Houston, Arjun Miller, Antoine Owens. Y'all all got tackled for losses. Y'all all used to making plays on the other side of the backfield. Y'all need to do that again because losing the trenches means you're getting ran over, which means they're pounding you, they're bleeding the clock. And honestly, that's momentum going into the pocket of the Bulldogs. And now you're losing possession from your offense and you're playing right into the hands of South Carolina State. The time of possession won't be where you would like it to be. You're not going to be able to put the same amount of pressure on fields to make these decisions that are going to be game-changing. Um, and honestly, at the end of the day, to make it even worse, your offense isn't getting as many possessions as you would like it to have. So you have to win the trenches because they're going to want to succeed in the run game. And I don't think that's a secret at all. That's exactly what they're going to come in there and try to do. So those are my keys to victory for Jackson State and for South Carolina State. South Carolina State, your quarterback, rise to the occasion, protect the ball. Defensively, make sure that the right defense shows up. Make sure that defense shows up. As far as Jackson State, you had success with it last week. This week, do it again. Run it often and run it well. And win in the trenches on defense. That's how both of these teams are going to be able to win. So we'll come back and we'll look. We'll see. Did y'all focus, focus on our keys to victory? Because last time we went over it, they definitely did play a part. But going forward, we're going to be talking about Travis Hunter's big-time decision to go to Jackson State and exactly what it means going forward and some of the impact of it that we didn't discuss on yesterday's episode going forward of Locked On HBCU. This is it. The putt to win it all. You make this and you win the championship. But right on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of all your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything that you need in one place. So no more going here and there and over here and back over there just to get the job done. NetSuite will automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to, if you're ready to upgrade. That's only if you're ready to upgrade. If you want to stay where you are, don't worry about it. Don't go to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. Head to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA for a special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system to grow your business. That's NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march into the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this year. And if somebody says it isn't, don't ever talk to them again because you can't trust them. They like to lie to you. And I don't like people who like to lie to me. Don't do that. Head to the new updated desktop or if you want to get on your phone and do the mobile website to sign up today, then receive your 50% welcome bonus either way on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to make sure you get that bonus. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. 
Jackson State opens up as a nine and a half point favorite over South Carolina State. But if it's not your prerogative to bet on on college football, that's fine. We still have college basketball, pro basketball, NFL, hockey, boxing, all of it, even casino games. Whatever you want to pick, just don't wait till the 2021 season is over and miss all of these amazing offers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, as we keep rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Make sure you check out the Ultimate College Football Preview 2021. There's local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, and the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. And when I was on Locked On today discussing this magnificent and, and huge move of Travis Hunter coming to Jackson State, my guy, my guy Peter Bukowski, he asked me an interesting question that really got my mind running. And that question was basically, how much of an impact does Travis Hunter's success, not just him going, his success have on the following generation? That's a good question. That was a really good question when he asked it. I had an answer. Y'all know me. You know, I'm quick on my toes. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I think I might have been like a ballerina in my past life or something. But the answer to the question isn't something that I think you guys would expect me to say. It's moderate. I know everybody wants to say it's great, but it's a moderate impact. I know a lot of people want me to say that it's high, and I think it has the potential to be high, but its floor is moderate. Its floor is not something that's a low-impact move. Prior to even diving in deeper about this move and its impact, I want to get the audio from his reveal so we can just remember this moment, because I do want to point out something that happened. I'll explain it, because you only hear it. But I do want to get the audio from Eleven Alive in Atlanta, who was there to capture this magnificent moment. I bring this clip up to say a couple of things. Number one, hat reveals are still one of the most fun things to watch from a high school athlete. Like, whether it's at the All-American game, whether that's just at an early signing day, a national signing day at the, at the kid's school, it's one of the most fun things to really watch, and it's very enjoyable. Secondly, he threw that Georgia hat so disrespectfully that we're not going to talk about that. That last exclamation that I kind of let linger for a little bit, I feel like that's the type of energy and that's the type of response that he wanted to get because, yes, it was a, a reaction every time he threw a hat. It was a ha ah, type of reaction. But I don't know if you guys were able to hear it. And if you can't, re rewind this right there. There was a second outburst of just exclamation. And I'm not going to try to describe the sound, but it was a, oh, oh. And I felt like that type of reaction is what he wanted. He is trying to be a trendsetter, like I said on last episode. And that's not, that's not a negative way, not trying to capitalize or, well, I just want to be the first to do it. I don't like some soldier boy stuff. But he just is being a trendsetter and just so happened to be the first one. He wants to continue to make that movement going. Now, I don't think it's to be braggadocious. I think it's because he believes in a movement. That response is what he wanted. That response is going to get people there. And that's the reason I say it's a moderate impact. 
because it's not so much about his success. Mind you, the question was, how does his success play a part? Moderately. Him going there is hugely influential. So let me explain to you what I say the difference is. Him simply touching down on that campus and being there is going to make other recruits feel like I can go there. The best person in the last class went. Why can't I? And it will make more eyes come there. So his impact on recruiting classes and generations going forward is like by the time what success is, whether that's on the field, whether that's brand, like we talked about, it doesn't matter because by the time we really are able to define what he is as, as a success, you'll probably have two classes that have already gone. You'll probably already have the 2022 class that's been pulled in. Well, I guess this is the 2022 class. So you'll have the 2023 class and the 24 class. They'll probably both have already been recruited and pulled in before you're able to, to deem if he's a success or not. The one thing that could hurt us, though, us as HBCUs, is if he pulls a Hersey. If he does like Hersey Miller and leaves and decides he's going to leave like within his first semester, that would hurt. And I think that runs the risk of stopping the whole locomotive. I, I feel like as long as he's present, he'll have the exposure. There'll be a lot of things in there. You won't have to hear about the best of the best or people can't go there because the best of the best just went there. So when you're looking at, if I'm a 17-year-old kid, right, I'm thinking I'm a top five, top five guy. Okay, well, I can go there. I'm top five of my state. I can go there. Say the best player in Mississippi wants to go to Jackson State now. You know, I can see that. Uh, let's say the best player in the Houston area wants to go to TSU, Texas Southern, or or if they want to go to Prairie View. You're in Houston, Cypress. Like, you're, you're right there. You might want to say local because now it looks like an actual promising location. The only thing that can't happen is, Travis Hunter, you can't pull a Hersey. You can't say that you want to be a part of this bigger movement and something that's bigger than you and then leave. And I get it. He has his reasons. I, I, we, I've said how I feel about him, about those reasons. Him? I have no problem with Hersey. Hersey, go do what you want to do. P, I got respect for you, and I, I, I don't feel like this was handled right. Maybe there's information that I don't know that I'm not privy to that also led to the decision. But overall, I have no problem with the kid. Go, kid, go do what you want to do, right? Student, student athlete, go do that. But overall, I just feel like this movement can't afford another one of those. It can't afford you to say, I don't want to be here once I got here. But if he doesn't do that, then I think the class right after him will say, he went, that's enough. The class right after them will say, he went, that's enough. Then maybe once you get into 25, 26, then you're starting to discuss, well, how good was he? What happened with his draft status? He's not even going to be drafted by the time 25 comes in. Yeah, most part. I'm trying to think. I don't know when. I think the deadline to, to sign is before the draft. Off the top of my head, I'm catching a brain fart, but I think so. So you'll have three whole classes of recruits who haven't even seen what his peak is at Jackson State. Now he comes in and flames out. Maybe that 25 class doesn't doesn't catch the whole I want to go there because he went there. But by that time, you'll already have a pipeline likely of players who were higher ranking than usual going to HBCUs. So the, the responsibility to be good and be successful to have this movement continue won't solely be on the shoulders of Hunter. You have a lot of other players who are there. 
So by the time it hit 25, I don't even know if it'd be that important. And that's why I say moderately, because it's not really about his success. It's all about his being there. But his success could impact people going forward in 25, 26, and so on and so on. So as we continue, we're going to be talking about our feature Friday where we're highlighting somebody that I have been waiting to talk about. I've been waiting to talk about this guy before I even had this gig, so I'm excited to get into it. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar, that's the protein bar that you need to get this holiday season. Don't get you no candy bars. Get you a Built Bar. It's got all the flavor of that, so it's delicious, but it also has the health benefits of being high in protein. So many flavors. It's raspberry, mint, brownie. Char I can't tell you which one my favorite is because it's just too much to do. And I wouldn't tell anybody my favorite either because... People want to fight. Oh, I heard I heard Darian's favorite is this. I'm going to get them from him. No, you ain't going to come take my Built Bars. I'm too busy putting my Built Bars in my hot chocolate, dipping, my, dipping them up in there, melting the bar, giving the beverage some flavor, doing everything that I need to do to make my holiday season good. Because they're going to give me that extra fuel if I'm out here trying to bust down mall doors, holiday shoppers being aggressive, or if I'm just standing in line because I want to be peaceful, it gives me a snack. And those marshmallowy type treats, they just feel like I need to have them during the holiday season. So I got me some Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through, covered in chocolate. But just like everything else, we got to have the protein and you know that. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off the offer. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off the offer. Alright family, as we wrapping up today's episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, our last episode of the week, you know how we gotta close it out, and that's with Feature Friday, where we highlight either one person, one thing, one event. Today we're highlighting a person, and I said it, I wanted to talk about this guy forever. I've, I've said it, I think this is one of the best stories in the HBCU landscape this year in 2021. I'd, I'd go out and say it's top five. You know what? That would be a fun exercise. What are the best? I won't make you make up the top five. You know, that's not necessary. What are your favorite stories from an HBCU this year? Y'all know where to find me, South Exclusives on Twitter. I'll give it to you again later on in the episode, but I would love to know what you guys think about that. Tweet me that. What are your favorite HBCU stories from this year? And let's use the, ha the hashtag locked on HBCU. Yeah, let's do that. But this one is J.R. Smith. It's one of my top five, my top five stories, man. This is a guy who was in the NF NBA, excuse me, for 15 years, 16 years. And when he announced that he was retiring, was like, okay, you had a good career. But when he announced that he was going to North Carolina A&T to play golf, I ain't believe it. I said, this dude joking. I've never seen him play a lick of golf in my life. It'd be one thing if, Steph Curry was saying, I want to go play golf at Howard. I think he I think he sponsors the Howard golf team. Um, I'll be like, okay, I, I've seen you golf. I know you like to golf. And you kind of feel like a golfer to me. But J.R. Smith's play style just did not feel like a golfer. He's explosive. He's charismatic. He's demonstrative on the court. That doesn't feel like golf to me. And not saying you can't be charismatic or demonstrative, because you can be, you know, you can express yourself. You can be a cool guy on the golf course. But I don't see the explosive going in there. I just don't. J.R. Smith has a play style that raises your heart rate. 
Golf is a sport that lowers your heart rate. It's supposed to be a calming thing. I just didn't think they went together. Boy, was I wrong. And boy, was I proud to be wrong. To not have this be a joke. This isn't a contrast. This is just something he likes to do. It doesn't matter that I've never seen him do it. I've never seen a lot of people do a lot of things. Doesn't mean they can't do it. And then in the middle of it all, he still kept us updated with everything he was doing within school. And honestly, between me and you, and like, this is just between me and y'all. If y'all go and y'all tell Locked On, we got a problem. Because I'm not even telling this. I don't even, honestly, that golf stuff comes secondary to me. Like, I really don't even care about that in contrast to his academics. And not in the way, like, some abrasive teachers used to be like, you know, your school comes first. And, I mean, they weren't wrong. Cause I did play with a lot of people who failed. And I guess once you fail, you can't play. But as a whole, that's not what I mean. That was always corny to me. Oh, abrasive word of the day. And it was always corny to me. I was like, no, like, stop. Stop. Okay, I get it. Stop being a teacher. But this story is just more magnificent to me. Because he kept us updated along the way. He told us, I got my first test today. I'm doing this. And then when he finally ended the season or ended the semester, excuse me, with a 4.0, I felt like we went along with him. It's a community. We we got that 4.0 with him. Like, not in the way where we try to take some of the credit for it, but just in the sense of we felt that same achievement for him. I feel like everybody wanted J.R. Smith to win. If you didn't, you a hater. Stop being that way. It's not good. All right, it's going to raise your blood pressure. We playing golf out here. We lowering our blood pressure. You know, we trying to keep our heart rate low. Don't do that. Stop being a hater. Take that out your heart. It's a great story. I loved it. I loved watching him tell me that he was doing this, that, and the third and continuing. And when he finally got that 4.0, he went on Instagram. And he, released a, he released a video just talking about how difficult it was and all of the struggles that he went through and why that makes it even more memorable and more important and I agree because you have to remember he's been he's been in the NBA for a decade and a half. He came to the league straight out of high school. He's never been to college. And for basically the last decade and a half, his learning for for the mostly day day after day basis was sports. It was X's and O's. He hasn't learned in this setting in a decade and a half, 17 years. He came to the league in 2004. That's when he was done with high school. So this is so new for him. And he talked about how a lot of people doubted him, said he couldn't do it because of disability. He said he just couldn't learn. And it was just a story that's like, how could you not like that? He talking about going from 8 to 11. Like, I went to school, but I never stopped going to school. So I get the difficulties of it. He stopped going to school for 17 years. That's a whole... That's a whole the people who went to, who went to school... When he first started going to, or were born, when he first started going to the league, are just about to go to college. That's how long he was away. If I was born when J.R. Smith got drafted into the league, I'd probably be about a year away from college. If that. Some people go at 17. That's how long he was out. Just think about that, okay? And for him to go back and have to relearn how to learn and how to study and have to go through these things and achieve a 4.0 in his first semester, I don't care if it's just his first semester. I don't. In 2021... This is a story of perseverance. It's a story of triumph. And in this year, where we need good stories, I'm glad that we have J.R. Smith. And I don't care who you got to debate it with. I still want you to tell me who you got in this list or one of your favorites. But for me, J.R. Smith achieving what he achieved, 
going to North Carolina A&T, being a part of the golf team, getting a 4.0 GPA in his first semester. This is one of the best. This one of the top five best stories in the HBCU landscape, athletic or not, this year. But I appreciate y'all making us your first listen of the day. Every day is Friday, so I'll catch you guys Monday. We will be recapping the Celebration Bowl, talking about who won and why they won, and a little bit more on Locked On HBCU. But for your second listen of the day, make sure it's Locked On Bets. If it isn't, correct that. Locked On Bets is the number one daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight. From Lee Sterling is free and available on all platforms. And y'all know where to find me. In the meantime, in between time, go to that blue app, The Bird. Yes, Twitter. Go to South Exclusive and talk to me. Let me know. What is your favorite HBCU story of 2021? Yeah, I got a little homework assignment for you. If J.R. Smith can get back and start learning after all these years, you can take a homework assignment from the mouth of the South. But to the next time we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.